It's the one and only Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm your host, Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, joined by my co-host, Rick Abib. Hey, how you doing on this festive, festive day? Yeah, fest, festive little elves out there listening. Thank you for your support, the Heavy Hole Podcast. Holiday spectacular here, man. I got Rick over, man. We got a special guest that we're going to bring to you in a few minutes. Long awaited. Oh, oh Yes. <laughs> Been wait- yeah, we've been waiting for this guy, man. Um, shout out to everybody out there. We were just uh, uh, out there in New Jersey. Big big look. Um, mortician. Uh, the, the old dingbats. There. Great great night. Controller. Yeah, controller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lobotomizer played that night. Yeah. Uh, Chain to the Dead played that night. It was, a, it was an eclectic, eclectic show. A good show. Yeah, an eclectic festive holiday mix, just like we're trying to bring it you. It was. On the Heavy Hole podcast here, man. Um, another character that was there in this eclectic mix, a ringmaster of sorts. We're going to have our Heavy Hole podcast Christmas special tonight with none other than Gutter Christ. Just give me a microphone check, one, two. Yo, what up, what up, what up? Uh, that, that's right. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than Gutter Christ of Gutter Christ Productions. Uh, too many blunts clothing, cult leader clothing, uh, so much more to speak of. Gutter, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me, brother. Uh, of course, man. Um, and... There's a lot to get, to get into. Like, we were just talking behind the scenes. Um, you've been down for a long time with this underground stuff. Uh, you you know, you booked a lot of shows. You've got the the clothing, um, the merch. But I always go back to the beginning, and I always ask people, are you from a musical family? Are there musicians or people that were into maybe hip-hop, hardcore, metal, anything like that in your upbringing that kind of steered you into that when you were a kid? Uh, I mean, uh, well, you know, I'm a little older, so, uh, I don't even know if hip hop was around when I was a real kid. It was more like metal. Uh, I started off with like, you know, Kiss and Black Sabbath and shit like that. Then it went over to, uh, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and progressed to death metal and hardcore, you know? Okay. And you're originally from Kearney, New Jersey? Yeah. Kearney. Kearney, sorry. Um, and... <laughs> Fair enough. And now, I mean, I'm trying to be respectful here because I've been back and forth to Jersey. You've booked my shows over the years, and you've cultivated a certain subculture and lifestyle on your social media and your branding. Um, you know, in your upbringing, are you from what you would describe as a rougher situation? Uh, did Did you struggle with crime and poverty in your area where you grew up? Things like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, we were broke. You know, uh, party wasn't that bad, you know, it was, I mean, there's a lot of drug addicts and shit, but, uh, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, we're next to Nork, so we had to deal with a little bit of crime bullshit, but it was nothing like super serious. But, uh, yeah, I grew up poor though. And, uh, my mom, 
you know, she was an alcoholic, so we didn't really fuck. And I didn't have no supervision. It was just my, my dad was out of the picture, so it was just my mom taking care of me. I was a single child. So uh, my mom was partying, and I was able to pretty much uh, run my life. So I fucking would just go out and fucking hit the streets. and That's kind of how I found music, too. I started going to shows, you know. Okay, and was that, like, I, I mean... I, I call it skateboard culture, but it's so much bigger than that. It was kind of like, you know, like hip-hop, graffiti, uh, New York hardcore, elements of all this stuff in the 90s that kind of coalesced. Were you were, Would you say that you were kind of more or less part of that in your own area? Definitely, yeah. Uh, I started going to shows at, like, uh, 92. 92? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm 40. I just turned 49, like, uh, a week ago. So I don't know if you know how old that was. Some people think I'm a little younger. Fair enough, man. I mean, some. I, I hope. I hope people would say that of me, man. Maybe it's just because of the kind of circles we keep and the and the music we're into. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I always. I, I always call it being the eternal teenager. So like, I you know, I say that no of doubt. myself too. It's just like you know, people who are doing this music lifestyle underground thing. Um, you know, it, 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 I've been sneaking. Uh, I've been sneaking underage kids into shows for like twenty years now. I was like, I thought it would be <laughs> over already. And I keep fucking more kids are still underage. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I now here's something, man. I know because you you talk about started going to shows. What'd you say, ninety two? Uh, yeah, ninety two is probably the first time I went to a show. I mean, I went to concerts before that, but this is when I first finally started to discover my boy Sebastian Russo. He's the uh, guitar player, Cadaverment and Dripping. Yeah, he's yeah. the one. Like, he's one of my best friends. He's one the one that uh, was like, "Come on, let's go check out this spot in Newark. It's called Pipeline." Okay, yeah, I, a pipeline was a little before my time, but I think I've heard that that name thrown around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's like we, that was right over the bridge for us. So we had pipeline in Studio One. So uh, once we uh, you know started discovering this place, we just never stopped going. And uh, we used to walk over a fucking like standby me bridge to go there, and the train tracks were active <laughs> over the Pacific River because it was like it would save you like forty minutes of walking. All right, now are you talking? So, are you talking about walking into New York City? No, I'm talking about walking into uh, Newark. Walking into Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, Newark is like right over the bridge from us, you know, from Kearney. I got- actually live on the other side of the bridge now in Belleville next to Newark on the other side. Okay, got it, man. Um, uh, And and I know uh, – I got I to shout out my, my references. I, I saw you did an interview a, a long time ago actually on Brutalism.com, but I know from that – that you actually kind of came up in a way in the underground scene under Roy Fox and Necroharmonic Records? Yeah. I uh, Roy was a good friend, and uh, he, you know, I mean, Carney, there's a mad people from Carney that are in bands, and uh, Death Metal's got pretty deep-rooted in Carney. Uh, yeah, Roy Fox was like the fucking Death Metal godfather there in Carney, and uh, he used to show us all kind of shit and got us into, like, heavier and heavier crazy shit, you know? And then I would go out with him and... Uh, help him uh, vend uh, Maryland Death Fest and shit like that and help him with some mail sometimes and stuff and merch. We started doing some merch together. Yeah. He moved to New York, though, so we kind of lost touch a little. Yeah, I've I've met Roy a few times when he was, like, vending over the years, and my boy Adam Rotella, who did, who does, uh, like, anal birth, and he's he's kind of notorious for his noise projects, used to trade with with Roy. I, th- I remember Roy used to do, like, Flophouse Roy of Freaks. every band, bro. You could, yeah. It could be, like, yeah, yeah, Flophouse of Freaks was his magazine that he yeah. did, his zine. Uh, Roy knows, like, the most obscurest death metal from every fucking corner of the earth, you know? He's got a <laughs> death metal podcast now, too, on YouTube. It's called Death Metal Podcast. Yeah, I he think... goes. He has some of the episodes last like eight hours long, just sitting there talking like all kind of crazy old school death metal shit. 
I, yeah, I've checked it out once or twice. I do have to reach out to Roy. There's like, I have a list a mile long of people I want to get on this show. Um, uh, I've been, you know, oh, I've, been yeah. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time too, man. So I'm, I'm glad we got you. I but, appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course, dude. Um, uh, and and Roy, yeah. So like, like Roy really goes back. So you kind of come up under someone who knows the nitty gritty of the underground scene and and how it works. Do you attribute a little bit of like Necroharmonic Productions to like, uh, may, maybe being like the origins of Gutter Christ? Definitely, yeah, because uh, I was just like all in with wanting to help him, and he was like pushing me to like start my own thing. So like, he was you know he was throwing the shows, you know he was making merch, he was doing everything. He 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 still is. I mean I don't think he really throws shows anymore, but like me and him threw the first NJ Death Fest together. You know, like he put up he put basically ninety percent of that lineup together. I just did most of the promoting and legwork and shit. You know. Was that your first experience, like big experience promoting a show and being involved in the the behind the scenes stuff? Uh, I mean, I, I helped with little shows that he was doing at Hartley's, <clears throat> which they were little shows, but he was bringing like monumental bands over there though too. Man, I can't re- can't really think of anything else. He had like Anal Cunt over there, huh. Dripping huh. played there back in the day. He had yeah. a lot of big bands over there. Is it crazy because um, I know you're you're promoting uh, Dripping now? Cause they're they're back, yeah. but is it crazy to have? Cause cause you you mentioned that you you know you, you knew Sebastian from from dripping uh, from back in the day, and you kind of saw those guys. They they came and and went, and now all of a sudden there's this surge of support. Um, where the internet has I think increased their legacy a little bit, man. Is that crazy to see? Oh. Yeah, that's for sure, man. Uh, I mean, like, uh, you know, all the guys in the band had kids and like you know families and jobs, so uh, they let it you know left it on the back burner. But me and Roy would uh make a, a little bit of merch every once in a while. We kept, like, the, the releases alive because we only had a couple of releases, but, like, Roy would put it out, and then i put it out again. Huh. So we kind of kept, it like, the flame burning for them a little, you know? And, uh, I mean, the music speaks for itself. Uh, I feel like there's a whole new crop of kids again that are just, like, at that right age to go to shows every fucking time. These kids are coming to every show now, you know? It's, like, it's awesome to see, you know? Yeah, Resurgence man. kind of, I feel like. Definitely. Do you, do you now having booked shows and been involved in shows like like uh, in in New Jersey for a while? Do you find like on Long Island here? I think depending on how many kids are actually going to go to shows and involved at the, at the point in time, it's like we're competing with New York City. If metal's big enough, we could get a scene going out here. But if not, it's like we're always competing with the New York City shows. Is there something similar going on where you're from? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Jersey, we're constantly, like, where I am, we're competing with New York City also, Brooklyn and New York. And then the same goes for South Jersey. They're competing with Philly. So there's people from Jersey will always go to, like, New York or Philly, but it's yeah. very hard to get people from New York and Philly to come to Jersey, you know? And and I find the all-ages shows usually pop off in New Jersey. That's a big thing. Yeah, uh, especially now. Like I said, the the scene right now is huge for, like, kids from like 16 to 22 you know it's like that's what the crowd is right now yeah and and i mean you're obviously familiar with this then if you go back that far that you know new jersey has a very i mean just if you got human remains mortal decay ripping corpse there's a there's a lot of original stuff that comes out of new jersey oh, yeah. especially from the yeah incant and i mean incantation has set the the standard for all they have like their own subgenre of bands that sound like incantation now legitimately yeah, you know yeah. it's it's crazy, crazy. um uh, so uh, you know shout out to uh fucking Ronnie Dio was one of my real good friends too he was a original bass player at incantation he passed away a, a few years back hmm. yeah he was a great dude the yeah the new jersey scene it gets a little undershadowed sometimes 
Um, would, would... I always say that about with uh, when uh, when I used to book. Uh, you know, I still book shows, but I used to go through booking agents, and uh, these dumbass booking agents would think that they can charge New Jersey the same price they can charge like New York or Philly. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it doesn't happen, man. It's like trying to explain that to somebody that's sitting in a desk in a different fucking state. It, it used to piss <laughs> me off so bad. Well, I mean, just just going off your social media, you you don't deal with booking agents when you're doing your your shows, right? I try my best not to. I mean, if it's a homies band and they already told, like, I used to like internal bleeding used to be really easy to deal with. They would just be like, "Yo, just hit up this guy. We have to keep him in the loop, but just tell him we already told him, you know, what you're paying and everything." So, it was a different story like that. Okay, we have no, but uh, you know, I mean, I kind of like I, I did a, a couple, you know, like fest where I shorted the bands. But like, I'm not going to name the bands, but let's say the band's getting paid 4000 I gave them like 3600 and it was still an issue with the booking agent, you know? Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm not fucking trying to keep fucking 200 bucks for my light bill here. I'm fucking probably, at that point, I was probably maxed out. I probably gave all my merch money, all my extra money that I made at the show, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, that's... You kind of like... You kind of have to love this shit to do it, or you have to be a swindler. There's only That's the only two promoters that are out there. There's a guy that's out there that's taking his fucking PSE and G bill off the top of the bill before he pays anybody, and there's guys like me that are doing it because it's just in my blood and I love it. And uh, I don't know. I feel like music saved my life too. From I could have been a fucking where I grew up. Everybody's a drug addict, and I know more people. I can't even remember everybody that died already around me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Living fast. Yeah. I, well, there's. I mean, and and I say this respectfully. Like on on that note. And you know, like I like I said before, there's a certain there's a certain street level toughness that's represented in your brand, and Where? New Jersey, New Jersey hardcore. I've I've said for a few years now, and with all due respect to New York hardcore and Long Island hardcore, but some of the most violent, crazy shit I've seen pop off at shows has been in New Jersey shows. Um, it, and it, it, it's it's like I say, Jersey is a little overshadowed. People sleep on New Jersey. Um, and there's, there's just a certain, I don't know, a certain toughness that comes out of there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm just saying that cause I got you on here, but what do you think it is, um, uh, about, do you, do you think it's maybe like there, there's maybe because there's less of a spotlight on things out there that things can kind of fester and, and go on? Or, or do you, do you think that it's, uh, it's yeah. just a representation of society? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like now the kids these days, it's not the same like it used to be, though. But, I mean, uh, I mean, there's still a few of us, and we were, everybody was, like, ultra-violent, though. It was pretty wet, crazy, <laughs> you know? And I was, like, a hardcore kid and a death metal kid, so uh, I would be, like, at a fucking, you know, I don't know, mad ball show one night, fucking uh, crowd killing everybody. And the next night, I would go see Mortician and start trying to dance the same way. And then everybody's fucking throwing drinks on. I would never, you can ask Will and Rob, they had to like stop the bouncers from choking me out, all kind of shit. I never made it through a mortician show without getting in a fight or getting thrown out over that shit. It was funny, actually. <laughs> and now you booked them last This is week. like what I'm talking about, you know, talking about like 15 years ago, too. Like, yeah. You know, I'm not. I'll well, break a hip right now if I did that shit. <laughs> well, well, that's something too. Is like back in the day, there was a little bit more, a lot more actually, of a separation between hardcore and death metal. And like we're in New York and New Jersey, there was like the the guys with the NYDM vests and the long hair, and there was the hardcore kids, and it hadn't really started to blend at all yet, you I know. I think I was the first crossover because I chilled with all skinheads, but I was the only one. I had hair down to like my halfway down my back. 
<laughs> but when I mosked though, and I went to the shows, I would put uh, a baseball hat on and put my uh, a snapback and put my hair out through the back of it and then put a hoodie on because people would target me sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that... also back then we were younger kids too, so we had to be very careful of like you know dangerous people like Kev One and you know kind of crazy. Rest in peace, Kev One Bulldoze. But when people like that got in the pit, we were like you know. 16, 17, this dude's, like, I don't know how old he was at the time, but they're just fucking knocking people's heads off and just dragging out the bodies. It's like, holy shit. But I don't know. We loved it. We went back every week. We weren't scared, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, when people, well, uh, let, let me, before we get into the, um, into that, let, let me ask you this because I, and I, again, I'm saying all this respectfully. It's nothing that's not on your social media and your branding. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Weed, you know, marijuana leaves and weed culture and, and smoking weed is obviously a little bit, you know, part of your, your brand. Do you remember the first time you smoked weed? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, I did it to spite my ex-girlfriend. I was 18, actually. Actually, I was I was, I was was selling weed when I was, like, 14 to, like, 22. And uh, I didn't even smoke no weed till I turned 18. And uh, I smoked a blunt at a party that my ex was at. It was, like, first time seeing her. And uh, I wanted to piss her off, and I was, she was like, "What are you doing?" We smoked a big Godfather. I was 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Never looked back, huh? Yeah, yeah, I loved it after that. The only break I had was when I went to jail for a little bit. Besides that, I've been blazing ever since. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, are you open to talking about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what year was it? Uh, 96. I got in trouble. Some fucking kid I know set me up. I was selling weed and acid. Uh, they didn't even care about the weed. They charged. They, the main thing was the acid shit. Huh. Uh, the kid, I got out on bail. Then I seen the kid in the store. I don't think he knew I knew. And he like said hi to me. And I said, yo, do me a favor. Get the fuck away from me. Then the kid like runs behind the counter and calls the cops or whatever. I don't know if he called the cops. Because three days later, the cops came and got me and said that I, I told him I was going to kill him before I go to jail. So then they like pressed that charge on me. And then I never got out. I stayed until I got sentenced. And I got uh, five years. And I did... Uh, Two and a half years, thirty months. And, and was that was that was that like in county? No, I, well, I started in the county, which was the worst part of the whole thing. But uh, yeah. no, I went to prison then, so I went to. It was like a, uh, it's like a first timer prison call. It was, and I went to a couple places where I stayed for a few months, and then I went to the, the prison I was going to, Annandale. So it was all like first time offenders and uh, mostly like nonviolent people. But dude, the 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 road to the place was like paved with fucking terrible people, you know. Like uh, the county jail was terrible, and I was there for like six months before I got shipped out. And then I got to like uh, central thing called Yardville, where they like tell you where administration they're gonna tell you what prison you're gonna go to. And I got stuck there for like two months, but it's your 23 hour lockdown. So I was there so long to give me a job. You you got a job? You said. Yeah, they gave me a job there because I was in the fuck. You're only supposed to be there like a week or two, and you get shipped out to your prison. What was your job? You know, uh, feeding the guys that were coming in, giving them their clothes and shit. Because everybody gets there, they're coming from a prison, they're getting all new stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, from what I've heard, county is can be more like violent and wild because once people yeah, are in prison, yeah, yeah. When people are in prison, they're settled in mostly too. You know. Yeah. County, you got all kind of, everybody's angry, everybody's fucking not knowing what's going to happen to them yet. Were you faced with violence while you were there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a, little, a couple times. Not not totally, but a few times, you know? 
everybody you get tested pretty much everywhere you go yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and i i from what i understand again this is my understanding of what I, what i've heard I, I i i've never been there but um where where we're from here on the east coast it's not as much a racial thing when you go when you get locked up uh when you get to prison it is it is okay you can't sit like everybody you can't sit with like uh different races and eat and shit hmm. like even the gays sit alone what did did somebody tell you that or did you just kind of like walk in and see that and you know, you know luckily a dude from my town was there i actually sat down the first time at a table with the gays i didn't know who to afford to fuck with huh. wow <laughs> boy's like yo man and I was like, "What?" He's like, "Don't ever sit." You know, he's like, "Sit with the white dudes." I'm like, "I didn't know." You know? Okay, all right. That's that's a but tip. I was also you, like, you were able to associate with all the races, but I don't know. Like for some reason, when they sat down at eight, you sat down, or some people sat down with their gangs. It was either like your race or your gang. You know? Okay, man. And and you you were locked up for how long? You said uh, thirty months. Well, the last like uh, five months, it was a halfway house where I got to go to work and shit. What was that like? That was kind of crazy because it gave you a little taste of the outside. They would like, uh, <laughs> uh, after you went for like, you know, like a month or two, they'd let you go home for a weekend. So I went home for a weekend and I knew already, like everybody told me, look, you can, you can drink the first night, but just don't do nothing else the next time because uh, they test you when you get back. So at uh, one time I went. And I went to go see Murphy's Law. You weren't supposed to leave New York. I went to go see Murphy's Law in New York. I got fucking wrecked. I got a ticket for drinking in public. I have a picture with the cop giving me the ticket. I brought the picture back to the halfway house and showed it to all the guys there. Like, look where I was. <laughs> so the, did the ticket fuck you up or it didn't? It didn't no, no, nah, it was just a drinking. I don't think I ever even paid it. I think I paid for that later in life when I was caught in New York smoking a joint. And the guy was like, hey, you got to stay overnight now. You got a ticket for drinking in public. And they uh... kept me in the tombs overnight and they gave me time served. Is that I was a, like on my way to see like fucking Pyrexia at uh uh Andrew's party house. What was that? Santos party house? Yeah, yeah. And I stuck a fucking gutter I went stopped at that fucking famous graffiti store right over there on Canal Street. I forgot what it's called. It's like a super fan any graffiti guy knows what it is. I went in there, bought a bunch of stickers, gave the guy a bunch of gutter craze stickers. Come outside, there's this fucking light pole, right? It's got a, I would say it's got about ten thousand stickers on it. I stuck my sticker on it. Now, me and my boy are walking up the block. We're, like, close to Santos. We're almost there. And then these, like, four fucking tattoo dudes surround us. I'm like, oh, shit. And then they pull out badges. And I'm, like, not even thinking about the sticker. I'm like, oh, shit, how do they know I got weed? So I had, like, you know, a couple of eights and a few joints, you know. And they're like, you stick a sticker over there? And I was like, yeah. And like, you got more? I'm like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this all about? Show them. And they're like, all right, we got to arrest you. I'm like, don't worry. We're just going to bring you over here give you a ticket let you go. And then I had the warrant for drinking in public from like 2006 or whatever the fuck it was, you know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and is that that's... I missed the show? You know, and here's the funniest part too. They were vandal police, right? So now they arrest my boy too, even though my boy was like oblivious to anything. He got the worst end of the stick too, even though he got. Uh, they released him that night. They didn't even want the weeds. They didn't want to charge me with it. This is before weed was legal. And uh, they gave him the book bag with the weed in it. They just wanted the vandal charges. And they were arguing about these charges because the one guy put them in his name. They argued so much. When they brought me central booking, the guy got out of the car to talk on the phone. The other guy goes, I'm in the car with He's like, well, if he wants to take both of the, the collars, he can deal with you. He takes me out of the car. I'm handcuffed and brings me over to this dude and just, like, stands me next to him. And the dude's, like, on the phone, doesn't even know I'm out there. And then finally the dude turns and sees me. He's all pissed off at me. Like, what the fuck are you doing out of the car? 
I'm like, yo, homeboy put me over here. And he's like, that motherfucker. Then he was like cursing off his partner the whole time. He's walking me back to put me in the booking and shit. It was so weird. I was like, is this a motherfucking movie or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stayed over, Yeah, stayed overnight and then saw the judge and got time served. All right. But was Now, the tomb, is that Rikers Island? What's the tombs? No, no, I was in, uh, I was some uh, booking place in uh, that time in uh, in the city somewhere. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy on New York City corrections right now. They say it's real tough in there. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in uh, I think Central Bookings in Brooklyn when I was younger over some weed shit. We used to go over there all the time and buy nickels and bring them back to Jersey and sell them for ten. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that... I used to go to Harlem usually. And well, th- this is th- that reminds me because we're talking back in the day. This is something I wanted to ask you, um, and I've asked a few guests this uh, who remember some shows from years past. Nowadays, we have security cameras everywhere. There's ca- Everyone has a yeah. camera phone and is going to whip it That's out. I try s- to tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and everyone whips out a camera the second something's going on. Do you think that shows were more violent back in the day because that wasn't an element, because you could get away with more and there wasn't as much surveillance? Oh, hell yeah. You're in a dark ass room with like fucking twenty of your friends and you go beat up a bunch of dudes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes total sense. I mean, sense. if there was cameras in some of those rooms that I was in, I think me and a few people would be in a lot of trouble too. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um what's well let me ask let me ask you this, and 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 I you know, without incriminating yourself or anyone, but what's the crazy what's what are some of the most violent things that you've seen happen to shows? I mean, I've seen fucking dudes get st- I uh the funniest thing used to be to me back in the day, I don't know why they would think that they were going to be all right, but, like, I don't know, sometimes when, like, a Gnostic Front or, like, a more edgier band would play like that, like, a couple of white power dudes would roll out with their fucking full gear on. Wow. Into a place full of fucking sharks that fucking hated those dudes, you know? It was like... Yeah. It was only... They never made it long. They would just get rolled the fuck out. Sometimes the bouncers would even fucking beat them up. Yeah, that's uh, that shit. Really, there's not a lot of room for that shit to fly up here. Scary beatdown happened at a show too, where uh, nobody was stopping it. You know what I mean? So like, it was just up to the mercy of the crowd at that point. It's like almost like everybody makes everybody more angry. You know, they just keep punching. Like, all right, I think this guy's dead. Stop hitting him. Yeah, that that's a scary situation when someone's out and they're still getting hit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like as an older person, now. With the knowledge back then, I thought it was funny, you know. But now, what what I've seen and what people, you know, go to jail over fucking punching a guy once and he falls down and dies, you know. And I almost fucking took out a couple people myself, and uh, I had to go. To, I had a, that was my other only like big time in trouble besides going to prison. Uh, I fought two dudes and uh, I stabbed one of them and almost killed them. And then uh, I was facing mad time because I just got out of prison, so they thought I was just this repeat offender asshole, you know. Luckily, I got a really good lawyer this time. And then uh, the saving grace was the dude that I fucking almost took out came and tried to get me back. And he attacked me in front of my house with one of them, like, police snap sticks and uh, split me open and shit. So that affected so got, that, that affected your case? That, yeah, yeah. It fucking, I still went to jail, but I only did six months in the county versus what they were trying to give me, like, seven years or some crazy shit. Wow, wow. Damn. So and then I never got like that was my uh actually my turning point. Like after that I just fucking put my head down and I focused on uh 
working and shit. I was like, I didn't know my way yet. I was just, I worked in a head shop. I actually really, I, I worked in a head shop and a, I never missed a day of work. And if anybody called out sick, I, I don't know. It was, that was my lane. You know, I loved working there. And, uh, then I started working with my homeboys. They started a cell phone tower business and all my friends that, uh, stayed with it became like super, uh, you know, perfect careers and shit. I left it, but I had fun with it. That's when I started Gutter Christ after that. Started doing the shows and everything. Okay, so you start focusing on the shows, uh, building up Gutter Christ Productions. Was that around the time of the first New Jersey Death Fest, more or less, or like does that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was all coinciding about the. I mean, I was, I was, you know, dibbling, dabbling with Roy in like the early two thousands, you know. Like helping him with his shows and shit or whatever, just being there. Maybe not even helping sometimes, just being there. I always helped actually. I made people go and everything. You know, I was influential always. I was, uh, I used to tell, this is one story I tell when I was younger. Uh, I knew I was always going to be the promoter and the guy that fucking steps in and, uh, uh, takes care of shit and gets everybody's money or whatever. Cause, uh, I was the guy that would go to the park and everybody was there waiting for me. I'd be like, all right, how much you guys got? And I would take, collect everybody's change, singles, fives, twenties, whatever they had and, uh, get it all. And then go find like some drunk guy to buy his beer so we can go down to the tracks and party. <laughs> and I sense. was the guy that had the tap always for the keg or the party ball. I was like, all right, bro, we got enough for three party balls. And then if like worse came to worse and we couldn't get somebody, I'd be like, all right, somebody take me to my cousin's house. And then uh, Glenn's mother, I'd go in the room. She'd be, like, laying in bed already. And she'd be like, come on, Anthony, I just laid down. I'd be, come on, Dad, we can't get nobody. And she'd be like, all right. And she'd fucking bring her to the store and fucking make her buy, like, four party balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like there's something maybe in your personality and how you act around people that, like, fits into being a show promoter and dealing with the venues and that sort of thing, from well, what you just told me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm good with people. I mean, I can't stand people, but I'm. I I listen. I fucking help a lot of. I help a lot of people. I don't ever need to brag about that, but I I I uh, I'm the one who I'm. I don't think I'm help. I think I do help, obviously, but I'm the catalyst. I'm the one that fucking sets up to GoFundMe. I'm the one that starts fucking call to action. You know, well, some people. Uh, you know, when sometimes somebody needs help, they don't want to fucking. You can't, it feels weird to be the one to say, hey, man, I need help. So I'm the one who will do that for you. You know, if it's the right reason and you're, uh, I feel like you're a person that should be helped by the people, you know? Well, yeah, and at, at this point in the, in the podcast, we t we've talked about some kind of sensational things and, uh, you know, doing time and violence and, and the hardcore scene. But, you know, it is important to note that you have done a lot of benefit shows. You've tried to give back. I mean, people just need to go back and look on your social media to see how many um benefit shows and on a on a kind of like timely topic your toys for tots uh shows that you do annually um uh, kind of using using the scene to to do a little bit of charity so i do want to bring that up and talk about that um i mean over the years i know you've done shows where people have uh passed away um suddenly and and the money goes to benefit uh charities you know in their name or to their families and then there's other people who have injuries you know illnesses things yeah, we, like we that pay for funerals you know we did a lot yeah, yeah man um i i mean it, that that's a big part of the scene and it and it kind of speaks to like the DIY like local centered focus that, of of what you do you know i mean you you i, I, I do see to, you know, i'm sorry to cut you off no yeah go ahead go ahead please uh, trying to create a community here, but I mean, some people will never get it. 
You know, a lot of people do. You know, I got a lot of people that fucking, I can just write something right now. I can throw up somebody's GoFundMe right now, and uh, my people will donate to it, and they won't even know these people. They'll just know based on, like, they just back up whatever I do. You know what I mean? Well, it's, and these are, like, just, you know, all kind of people, all walks of life I've, I've been meeting, you know, like, not just metalheads, you know? It says a lot when you can trust someone to put the resources to the right place. I mean, we see charities on TV yeah. and stuff, and you don't know how much of your money is actually going to go to help. Yeah, man, I, I I could never fucking take a penny for charity because uh, even the bands, everybody's coming and donating their own time. You know, like how can you know you pay yourself from this? I can make my own money selling my merch, you know, on the side if I really needed money, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and, and like these shows, that's what I, you know, like I can do big shows too. Big shows are fun and stressful, and you can make some money sometimes. But I don't know, like I said, if you're in it for that, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm not in it for that, so that doesn't uh, appeal to me. You know, it is stressful. That's why I can shows. book who I want to book. I book, you know, who I want to see at this point, and fun shows. You know. I'm, right now, I feel like I'm booking for these kids because there's a lot of young kid bands that I really want them to play with, like Mortician and you know huh. everybody else. I try to give everybody a chance to, you know. I, I noticed that at the Mortician show that most of the uh, supporting acts were a lot younger, which was cool, man. New, newer bands. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it is it is stressful booking shows. I mean, I've I've only booked kind of like local Long Island shows here and there when I needed to. Uh, but I've never taken on like real like much bigger bands. What what what's like the most stressful show you've ever booked? Like what was the, what was like the biggest like like holy shit? What did I get myself into? Uh, I would have to say it had to be one of the rap shows, you know, because the rap the rap shows are funny because like the dudes are like mad cool at first, and then like when it's the day of the show, they're like, yo, where the fuck's my money? You know, like yeah, yeah. So you're just like fuck, bro. I hope enough fucking people show up. I forgot who it was. It was I want to say it was the guy from Wu Tang, like the the, the least known guy. <laughs> I can't. Uh, the that, fuck was it? Maybe was... it wasn't even a Wu Tang guy. Uh, he was a Wu Tang affiliate or something, but I don't know. It was booked through some other idiot that I won't even mention his name. But uh, I put my name on it too, and then they were like, yo. Nobody showed up, you know, and they're like threatening and shit. I was like, yo, this is your fucking show, bro. I ain't fucking putting no. I used to, the way I used to book when me and Schlack started fucking booking together, and we would book big ass bands and everybody. But, like, listen, uh, you know how the band has a guarantee? But I want to guarantee that enough people are going to come after I fucking promote it to everybody, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we used to be like, yo, you're getting what the fuck was made. That's it, you know? Like, there's nothing else to give. What do you want us to do? Go to our bank and give you money? That's not how it works here, you know? <laughs> and so you're... I, was so, well, I wouldn't, like, have, like, a fucking $5,000 ban and try to give them 2000 and send them on their way. I'm talking about a couple hundred dollars short and people still cry, though, you know? And you're... So you have the show... You're the guy, and at the end, you're the bad guy. So, and then you take a loss too. So, like, I, that that gets a, uh, you know what it is? We were doing good. We should have just kept one fest going, but then we were like, let's do Philly, let's do New York. So then we were doing three fests a year, and then I was doing a hardcore fest too. So then, I don't know. I was addicted to it, I guess. But I was having four fests a year. Damn. And then most of them were like not even making money. Really, we were just like you know barely floating and making all this merch and putting all this energy into it. Selling mad merch and shit, but all that money was going back to the bands and shit to, you know, uh, cover our losses. 
Yeah, I remember you threw a fest with Slack. That's like and- I cut back and started this fucking focus on merchandise and saying fuck everything else, and then you know making, the, you know, starting new clothing companies and shit. That's how the bands make money. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I know. That's how the band yeah tours. They got to sell their merch. Bands are just merch companies now, man. My bands included. That's man. how we got to be. Traveling t-shirt company. That's, I just can't believe some yeah. of the bands. Like, I love you know, like those guys from Sangusbog are awesome dudes, but. uh Dude, they said their shirts are like 40 bucks or some shit, bro. I saw like a price thing. Maybe, I don't know if that was like a special show or something, but like, come on, bro. You know? It's. And then uh, when these other clothing companies say they're a street clothing company and then they're trying to sell you a one color shirt for $30 or more, it's like, what the fuck kind of street clothing company is this? Yeah, it's. It, That's I, I, I got real street clothing pr- company prices. Twenty dollars. I have a couple shirts that are twenty five, only because I had to uh, let the band in a higher cut. You know. Yeah, man. Um, well, let's talk about Gutter Christ Productions and your clothing uh, quickly. Now, too many blunts, clothing, and cult leader clothing are like your two separate lines, right? Yeah, those are like the yeah, yeah. And I have a Hate Humans one that I just do one once in a while of. It's kind of like of a uh, you know movie spoofs and shit. Yeah, man. Um, and, and what's what's the website people can check this all out on? Is is it? Um, it's all that. Yeah, it's all on gutterchristproductions.com. Okay, fair enough. And you do from time to time. You get like vinyl and CDs, flags. I, I don't. You get like you get a variety. Of stuff. Oh yeah, I make all kinds of shit. Yeah, I mean, I also sell toys and shit. I got a couple of toys on the site, but mostly all that shit's just uh, I go out vend and sell those at uh, conventions. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. When do you when do you get into the conventions? Uh, I mean, I always was going to them. I used to have this ex-girlfriend that loved horror, so we went, uh, like, that's when I got deep into it. That was, like, uh, I don't know, 2002. I started going real hard. And then uh never stopped. I was going, going all the time, paying to get in, spending mad money on this girl, buying her all the stupid shit. And then uh, I was also, you know, amassing my own fucking horde of fucking, you know, collective horror collectibles, yeah. you know? And then eventually, you know, there was this, uh, you know how I started vending? Uh, there was this guy called Andy Gore. He used to make, he was like a cult leader clothing type of guy. He just made all this crazy offensive shirts and serial killer shirts. And, uh, you know, that was my first stop every time I went in there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy some Charles Manson shirts off this dude. And then he stopped going. And yeah, he used to have like two hot girls dressed up and he'd be there dressed up like a fucking uh, a carnival guy and shit. But, uh. Yeah, he stopped coming. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? I was like, they need a guy like that. And then I was like, fuck that. I started doing it. And I just made all these shirts. I sold my, uh, you know how I made the first cult leader shirts? I sold my whole uh, CD collection, my hardcore and my death metal. Wow. But I had mad shit. So I got like fucking, for my death metal, I got like 5000 on eBay after all was said and done. Yeah, if you had and a bunch my, of 90s think- shit, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I had all, yeah, I never sold my vinyl. I have all my original vinyl still. I sold all my demos, and I sold all my CDs. Damn. I sold all Seb's demos, too. Seb gave me all his shit at one point. So his shit kind of helped fund Gutter Christ a little bit, too. I always tell him that, that I owed him and shit, but uh, yeah, I'm hooking him up with dripping shit now. I'm, you know, pretty much trying to steer dripping right now. I don't want them to play all kind of shows, you know. I want them to fucking stick to the fest, because, you know, he can't go play fucking bad Thing. I'd rather him just be playing big shows, you know? Yeah, a band like that, they, they, they have they have every right to be picky uh, about what they yeah, do. Keep the legacy, you know? You know keep the, we have something big in store. I hope it uh, comes to fruition. Uh, I don't want to talk about it right now, but uh, 
We'll see, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man, fair enough. And, and I mean... Well, yo, uh, also coming in uh, 2024, I don't know if we're jumping the gun right now, but um, uh, I got NY Death Fest coming. I don't have a date yet confirmed, but it's looking like uh, summer, probably, 2024. Uh, okay, and and, and all, all kidding aside, are you able to call it Death Fest? Because that was an issue a few yeah, years ago, yeah. right? Yeah, with the homies, but everything's cool with them now, man. All they, right. uh... I don't know what the hell was going on, but uh, they uh, they made it right with me. Fair uh, enough. Ryan and Evan are cool as hell. They uh, I've been going there forever with Roy. Like they knew me. I knew them since they were young. The guys, you know. I've yeah. helped uh, Evan's band get a couple shows, and they've uh, booked uh, Evan booked uh, some tours for me, like on his route in Maryland. And uh, Ryan always, you know, gives advice when I hit him up. He's a, they're good guys. Yeah, they were, I, you know. They had to take a break for a year. You see how much they deal with. I could I was like I couldn't imagine on the level with their they're renting out whole hotels for the bands and flights for everybody. They got a whole staff now though too that helps them, you know, but still it's like it evolved into such a like from I was at the I didn't make it I don't know if I went to the first one, the second one. And then I don't think I only, I missed only the one when I was in jail one time in the county for that the stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah but, uh, I, I have and a lot I've ended like both I have vended multiple of them too on my own and with Necroharmonic. Good good guys, uh, definitely, man. I I I saw so many awesome bands. I saw Bolts Rower yeah. twice, you know. I saw I saw fucking Righteous Pigs. Oh, you you were there? What was that like? Two thousand nine when Bolts Rower played twice, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, as soon as the merch opened, the line was just there was a line until it was done. There was no merch. Left. Yes, you're right, dude. I remember that. I remember that. The, the crackhead. My boy's like, I got you a three X. That's all they had left. I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> I think I sold it on eBay. <laughs> That's sick. I sold it on eBay for like eighty bucks. I was like, it's too big. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Well, I mean, I, I there's a few other other questions I, I wanted to, to get to. Um, uh, speaking of the New Jersey Death Fest, though, what what's the date on this year's New Jersey Death Fest? I'm, I'm sorry, this I don't have it in front is, of me. Uh, yeah, let me pull it up. It's March 15th and 16th. That's right, just in time for St. Patrick's Day. A uh, big old party there oh, yeah, in New right Jersey. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. And um, I know I you... Kind of like, I was like, oh, should we do it on St. Patrick's Day? I was like, that might be too crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want the cops shutting it down before the headliner. <laughs> um, But you got, I know you got Waking the Cadavers on there this year, right? Yes, sir. They're uh, they're on day one. Um, to violently vomit, putrid pile. A lot of lot of great bands. I urge people to check that out. And now we we mentioned waking the cadaver. That's another new New Jersey band that you have a little bit of history with, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They were the you know homies from the beginning. They uh, they I you know how I met them at uh, I met them at a Devourment show, and I was selling dripping shirts out of a backpack. <laughs> I think Seb was even with me there. It was me and Seb. And they're like, yo, you guys are tripping. We love tripping. I said, I just helped them. I'm not in it. But then I uh, formed a relationship with them. I started helping them make merch. And then uh, I actually went out with them a couple times on when they went out and played their first shows out in like Cali and shit. I went on a little tour with them. What was that like? So yeah, and I got a long history with Don. You know, Don's the only original guy now. Yeah. So I was yeah. there. Like, I'm like the second oldest member of the band, I would guess. But I'm not in the <laughs> band. But. <laughs> What was the California tour like, man? What what was it like bringing Waking the Cadaver to Cali? Dude, it was fucking crazy. They flew the whole band and me out there. 
uh, we mailed, I forgot how much merch we sent out there. Mad shit though. But, uh, I never, that was like probably the, the craziest time I ever sold merchandise for anybody. Like we just sold mad shit. They fucking, they murdered it out there. It was only three shows. Wow. And the last show, uh, each show was sold out. The last show, there was like all kind of violence and shit. It was like outside of LA. Damn. And, uh, I was kept going outside and smoking pot and these kids like got thrown out. I don't know what happened or they weren't allowed in. They were mad. And then uh, I coming back in, I was, you know, doing the same thing all day. Like, yo, I'll be right back. Then go smoke one, come back. I come back in and everybody's running out to, out of the place, like all fast and shit. I'm like, what the fuck now? It was all young kids too, you know? I'm like, what the fuck now? Is there a fight out there? And I see all the waking guys are just sitting at the table and it's like a big ass place, you know? So I'm walking through and then I, f- I walk through like this mist and I was like, what the fuck was that? And then I opened my, I closed my eyes and when I opened them again, it was fucking like tear gas. And that's why all the kids were running out. And I was running out too because I had asthma. I couldn't breathe. I was pushing all the kids out of the way too, trying to get the fuck out of there. Damn. So somebody was mad. They came back and threw like a tear gas grenade into the fucking show. And then uh, Wakem got paid already, but they didn't play that last show. So it was nothing. <laughs> that's like the most New Jersey shit, the New Jersey way to end the show, end the tour. <laughs> Damn, yeah, tear no, gas. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Do you, um, I mean, look, for people who don't know, but I mean, most most people listening to this might have seen you on social media. You do have a lot of tattoos. That's fair to say. Yeah, I got a couple. Um, yeah. do, do, you get, do you get trouble from, like, cops, or do you ever get any kind of issues over that? Uh, maybe, like, uh, I don't know, like 15, 10, 15 years ago. You know, because I always had, like, arm and hand tattoos and shit. Now now the cops probably like, don't care as much because it's more common, right? Yeah, uh, dude, sometimes the cops got more tattoos than me sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. A lot of, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more cops with sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you call it? Jail guys, dude? I think just from, I feel like they're just in jail all day looking at dudes all tattooed, so then they just have subliminal that they want tattoos because then all these uh, jail guards are all inked up, too. Like, yeah. I had... Uh, when I was in the county for the, I didn't go, I didn't leave the county for that little six month skid bit I did. It was like, uh, I got out in like three months, but, uh, uh, the cops, they had pictures of all my tattoos, you know, when you go in. So I guess they sit there and just look on the computer. They would call me down on the speaker. And I was like thinking I was getting a visit or something. They're like, yo, c- come here, show this guy that tattoo on your arm. <laughs> they were like, yo, who did that? They're, Cause some of them were getting tattooed by the dude who I was getting tattooed by too. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Did you did you get any tattoos while you were in there? No, no. no. I tattooed a couple guys when I was in prison. Really? But, uh, really? Yeah, I was so bored, and I was watching this dude do it, and I was like, I can do that. Because I could draw a little bit, you know? So I tattooed a fucking, uh, it was the, I just knew how to draw the face from this uh, NJ hardcore band, Strength 691. There was like this like little graffiti guy on the front, and I just like copied his face always, like since I always on like my school books and shit. And uh, I, I I drew it on a piece of paper, and the guy's like, "I want that." I put it on his arm, and it looked dope. And I did another guy, uh, Mob, like in old English letters. We just put the script on there, and I just cut, you know, like you know, scratched it into his skin with this like fucking machine that the guy made. But uh, it looked dope as fuck. But the next like couple of days, it just like scabbed up and fell off. Huh. I guess I didn't I didn't go deep enough. I didn't know what I fucking doing here. Damn. Like, can you fix it? I'm like, I'm not a tattoo artist, bro. I was just trying. Damn. But did you? Did you? The make... other guy that was doing it was like hurting people. It looked like he was fucking jacking people. I was like, I think I can do it. Let me try. Oof. Jeez, man. 
I saw a friend. Dude, you're bored. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. You know, we were playing cards for uh, cups of water. You take, you got to drink like the big ass fucking like uh, twenty ounce cup of water every time you lost. <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> or push ups, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's crazy. Anything man. to make the contest. Yeah, my my friend. Uh, I don't know if he'd want me to say his name, but a friend of mine, his cousin gave. I watched his cousin give him a tattoo with like pen ink and a sewing needle one time. Oh uh, shit! On, on his chest. Stuff. Yeah, they they were. You know, he actually like yeah. That that's probably how he he would want to. He was a he was a fan of Gigi Allen and all that stuff, man. They weren't they weren't even locked up. They got no excuse, man. They just were into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh these days, though, that's the cool thing again now. Two kids want, like, shitty jail tattoos. I don't know why. Maybe because they don't want to spend money on them. Everything They're going to regret that, though. Yeah. It's like, do, do you see, like, I mean, you know, being being from a certain generation, do you see, like, everything that's kind of, like, from urban culture and everything that people who grew up in kind of a, uh, um, uh, an urban environment with, with a certain kind of struggle, do you see that all getting kind of commercialized now in a weird way? Yeah, of course, yeah. With uh, you know, rap music. They say rap music was made by the government, right? I don't know if that's true, but I don't know about made, but I definitely think they at some point took it they, over. They they invested in it, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean like it's that that's what that's what the United States does best, man. We take shit over, you know, and, and, and you know, like I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't want to get too deep into hip hop. Hey, look what they did to the weed, bro. You know. Look at what they're doing with the weed, bro. They're about to turn it into tobacco, you know? That's my that's that a big concern. Be... That's a big concern. That's... Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, they're going to have their hand in all that. That's going to be not good. You know, I don't think, you know, like, look at all these people that smoked, our grandparents smoked tobacco till they were 80. No, no problems. That's what they're going to say about us. Like, the next be like, yeah, we smoked weed till we were 80. Why are these kids dying from marijuana at fucking 45? You know, okay. Yeah. I don't, you know, me personally, and I'm not judging anybody else, but I've never really, like, felt good about vaping. I just did, I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fucking cool at first because I'd be like in the fucking stuck at the convention and I couldn't run away from the yeah. table. So I was like, yeah, it's good. But uh, I have as I have bad asthma and uh, I smoke mad weed and it doesn't really fuck with me. But I smoke those vapes and it fucks with me. Yeah, the vapes are good in yeah. a pinch, but it's, it's it kind of bugs me out, man. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I take a quick hit off of one sometimes, but I won't. Uh, I wouldn't rely on one. You know? Yeah, yeah, man. I I know. What now? Weed is legal in New Jersey now, right? Yeah, yeah. Has do you think that that has made made it like easier? Do you, like has the quality going up? Is it easier to produce? Has has the cost going down? Is oh it a- yeah, yeah. I mean, it, all around, it's like I mean, you got your stupid. Dis- I've never been even into a dispensary in Jersey yet, but uh, I think that it's like uh, mass produced, not good quality. Like there might be some good ones once in a while and the people buy them up real quick, but that's also like, you know, you're talking 60, 70 and eighth. And, yeah, uh, yeah. it's just not where it needs to be yet. So I wouldn't even fuck with it to be honest. The streets have way better still, you know, for better prices. You know? Unfortunately, I think it's the same here on Long, on Long Island. I, they, the, you can walk into a store around yeah. here anywhere now and all these, there's a fucking thousand head shops now and they all sell shit too. I mean, that's another thing. No, you can't, you know, you're going to buy trees off a guy that doesn't. That's why I was telling my friends. You're going to buy weed off a guy that doesn't smoke weed. You're not going to fucking really know what the fuck you're getting besides the horoscope that they write on it these days, you know? Yeah. Makes you feel like you're sitting on a soft couch with a pillow up your ass. You know? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah <laughs> they, have like a, 
That's what these people want, though. They want you to go in there and fucking tell, oh, yeah, this one's going to make you fucking feel like you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then go to sleep. <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs> but, want, yeah, I know. I know. That's what I want to tell them. Listen, they all do the same thing. You'll be all right. Yeah, Ride it there's, out. there's pros and cons. This one makes my heartbeat fast. I, like, Man, I don't know. I smoked them all. I don't know. I, maybe I'm special, but I don't know. Weed, weed is weed to me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. You ever been to... I mean, um, dabs and all that shit, I don't really like it. It's uh, it just, what do you call it? My tolerance is high enough, you know? I don't need to go fucking further, you know? Da- dabs I'll do every once in a while, but not, not all the I time. I mean, I'll smoke like these like concentrated joints and shit, but those kind of get me after a while, too, if you're smoking them back to back. Yeah. One, somebody, a guy I met one time told me that um, he said something, this, this, he like scared scared me straight off of dabs. He said he did dabs every day until regular flower weed didn't even get him high anymore. So he just had to do dabs. <laughs> I was like, fuck that, dude. Like, that's, that's. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that, man. In too deep, man. Um, I can't even take a break because, uh, I don't know, that shit bugs me out too. Then I start feeling like a dope. I wake up sweating and shit, have like terrible nightmares and shit. Yeah, I. I've found when when uh, allegedly when I take breaks from weed, the dr- the dreams and the nightmares kind of kind of ramp up and get nuts, man. Helps me sleep at night. Yeah, it it only goes for like it it goes away after like two weeks, but it's a pretty crazy. You know, like I was like fuck every day to fucking I would wake up and the pillow would be soaked like I was running a race. Yeah, Let, you you bring you bring you bring a question to my mind. Let me just shoot this by you real quick. Have you What's ever it? had any experience with the supernatural or the occult? Uh, I mean, uh, I guess you can say the occult, right? Like, um, I mean, I was, I was heavy in, into, uh, serial killers and shit at one point, and I was pen pals with Richard Ramirez. Huh. So I was like, you know, I got the pentagram on my hand and shit, but I don't really care about that shit. Like, I, I have some of it still, but I sold off most of that shit that I bought. That was like a dumb hobby. I was buying all this like real serial killer shit while I was uh, making mad money at the head shop when I was working at the head shop. Yeah. Wow. Gigi Allen's brother. Yo, I made him. Gigi Allen's brother sells mad stuff. He had a whole bunch of shit. He was pen pals with a lot of people too. Yeah, there was a YouTube interview with him talking about that whole culture of collecting serial killer stuff and and selling it. I'm sorry to cut you off. I went to his house once. Oh, that's all right. No, yeah, go ahead. I went to his house once. He wanted to, He was trying to sell some of his shit, and then, uh, like, we went and looked, but he wanted, like, crazy prices. And I was, like, <laughs> felt bad, and I just bought a few Gigi Allen CDs, and then I was like, all right, well, thanks, man. But, yo, he's cool as fuck. Uh, I make some uh, merchandise with him. I make some Gigi Allen fridge magnets and stickers, and, uh, like, I sent him a cut of them, and then uh, I skipped to sell my cut, you know? Yeah. And I was supposed to book, dude, uh, he got, he fell off a bike and cracked his skull. He's better now, but he had get surgery and all kind of shit and missed the whole tour this past summer. I had the fucking exact date, what was it, 30 years later of uh, Gigi's uh, death anniversary. Wow. I was going to be at Lucky 13 with Poison Ivy and a couple other bands. I forgot who else. Is it Merle, his Merle, name? Merle Allen? Yeah, his uh, band, the Murder Junkies. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's a really interesting interview he did on uh, Soft White Underbelly YouTube channel. About oh, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, he talks about his whole life, man. Well, So I, I got to ask you, man. You corresponded with Richard Ramirez. As much as you'd be willing to share, like, what was that like? What was what was he, you know, what was he like in he letters? Was pretty, 
he was real basic, you know, just asking a lot of questions, you know, just trying to keep the conversation flowing. I was yeah. sending him a money order every time, you know, like 20 bucks and shit. Yeah, yeah. But then I got an ex of mine to write him, and he was way more responsive to her. He would send her artwork. He was like, you know, he was more, obviously, he was a dude. He wanted to talk to chicks, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, man. But uh, she, I kept all the artwork that she would get, too. She only wanted the letters. I was like, all right. Ooh. Yeah, you know, you so mentioned... You mentioned Sanguasuga Suga Sanguasuga Bog before. Um uh what's his what's the singer's name? Devin? Yes. He performed right. in I think it was in Canada or maybe somewhere in the Midwest wearing Jeffrey Dahmer's eyeglasses because a collector <laughs> loaned them to him and he performed on stage oh, with them at one point. Alle- that's allegedly. That's allegedly, that's I should funny. say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was that at Milwaukee Metal Fest or no? I don't I don't believe so because this was um That's the last time I seen him. Uh, I was I vended Milwaukee Metal Fest. I was selling Jeffrey Dahmer shirts there and I sold them out pretty quick. It it could have been and, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I met two dudes that they were like, I knew Jeffrey Dahmer. He's like, Me and him were the only white guys in this neighborhood. That's how I knew him. <laughs> wow, dude. Yes. <laughs> It's it's creepy when you kind of break fourth wall on shit like that, and you meet people who you know it's yeah. nice, it's not just a news story anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were in the guy's neighborhood. You know, we were right there across the street from the hotel and shit. Damn, you've been following the Gilgo Beach uh, story from out here on Long Island. I I saw a little bit about it, but uh, did they say anything new about it or no? I mean, now that they caught the guy, it's going very slow. You know they're 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 gearing yeah. up for the trial. I'm sure and all that, but I mean, there's if you've been following it for a while, kind of like you know, like like I've I've been following it for a long time. It was, here mad, on Long it was Island. bad women though, right? Over a span of mad years. I think that there's probably a lot more to it than this guy. That's my theory. Uh, yeah, they're trying to put it on him, maybe. You know, if you read about it and you look it up, I'm not the only one who's kind of leaning with that theory. But you know, what do I know? You know, it's it's a weird case though. And you know, it's funny. The other day, I was just driving out on that section of Long Island. It's just dark and desolate, and you could really picture some some shit like that going on out there. It's scary, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, there's some parts of Jersey like that too. Yeah, well, the the Sopranos, man. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's you know, it's, yeah. they 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 did they they filmed a lot of it there, no? Yeah, 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 all around my area. Yeah, where I used to throw shows at the Irish, it was next door, but uh, they knocked it down, and it was just a parking lot, and uh, we'd be like stand outside smoking weed, like you know, in the middle of bands between bands, and uh, a bus full of Chinese people would pull up, and they would just be taking pictures of the parking lot. I was like, dude, we stay with this. We could have bought that building or something and kept it as a fucking you know monument. Yeah, yeah. You still see the uh, the Bing. They you know they they have the sign. They they promote that whole club now. I forget I forget what it's really called, but they promote it. Oh, like, about a Bing. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, 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 what the fuck's it called? I was just there not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You drive by it all the time when you go to Jersey on a certain. Yeah, certain it's kind of it's right next to the dispensary now. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, maybe you'll get to the dispensary one day. Who knows, man. Um, yeah, I was gonna go there. Mike Tyson was there, but then there was like fucking mad people there. Yeah, he's coming to the one by me. I saw the sign. That's that's how it is. Oh, nice. It's kind of sick, but it's also how you know it's getting commercial. You yeah, know, I love that dude, though, man. Uh, no, Mike. Mike's cool. Just the weed thing, you know. I watch his uh, his fucking uh, hot boxing thing, bro. Yeah, he's fucking. Yeah. He's so enlightened from whatever uh, he said to Toad and shit, but uh, I don't know. He always gives, like, the right answer to people when people say some shit, like, thinking they're, he's going to say some ignorant shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he'll say the most like fucking wisdomest thing ever you can think of. I'm like, damn, bro, this guy is really don't, you know, he's fucking from the heart, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's that. That's somebody who's probably had a lot of personal growth, man. He's probably, you know, pain. pain yeah, he's been a lot through it all. He was life, in prison, man. and fucking a millionaire, spent money. He was tough. He, so if, that's why you gotta uh, watch them, you know, because he, you get so many stories that just, you know, how how I just pop a story out of like while we're talking reminds me of something. So many stories come out of him like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he had. Didn't he have tigers? Or he had a tiger? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, people. You know, it, that's what's funny too. Cause like he's interviewing the people, but then the people just want to know stuff about him. You know, they're, they're like asking yeah. him a hundred questions. <laughs> yeah, most when you see a clip of the most most guests are like in awe of him. There's usually not a cocky guest, you know, that kind of. Like, yeah, yeah, no, somewhere. everybody's cool as fuck. Yeah, dude. He had Eminem. He had every. He did a lot of shit with everybody. It's really cool. Cheech and Chong. Well, spe- speaking. That's where I learned that Chong. I didn't know that Chong had a. That's where I learned that he had a colostomy bag for a few years now, or he would be dead already. Damn. Like his, uh, you know, he had to have his ass sewn up and shit. Damn. D- didn't you meet those guys? Yeah, man. I got to chill with fucking Chong for, like, fucking 25 minutes, bro. It was probably the fucking... I met them before, like, on a, a meet and greet, and I got to chill with them for, like, five minutes. But And I gave them joints that first time. <laughs> That's awesome. But I met I met Cheech a couple more times by himself too, and uh, Chong like three times too. But that time that I is that was a funny time though. Uh, I had the shirts I made, Stay High Original, with Tommy Chong's mugshot on it for when he went to jail. And uh, I was working in the head shop when he went to jail, and the woman who ran owned the head shop was really scared that our head shop was going to get raided and all kind of shit because they were like cracking down. But uh, he went to jail for mailing bongs. That's all it was. And he wasn't even doing it. It was his son's company, but it was in his name, so he took the rap. Damn. Just just off of the He said he had fun in jail. Like, if you listen to his, he said he had fun in jail. Everybody liked him and shit. You know, he was chilling. <laughs> That's funny. He said he man. made mad friends, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, man. Funny he guy. He said it was like a break. Stuff. You know, too. You take a break. You don't have to fucking deal with all this bullshit. Damn. But, uh, well, oh, yeah, so I got, oh, here's the point now. Oh, yeah, I had that shirt hanging up. I had, I made 50 of them. I, I, I didn't even have that many. I was like, he's going to be there. I had like six or seven with me so that were left. So I hung one up, and the show wasn't even starting yet. And like all like the people that were walking around were like, you know, vendors and shit. And one dude's like, yo, that shirt's not real. That shirt's not uh, authentic or something, he said. I was like, what? He's like, that Chong shirt. I was like, oh, I figured he was like, work for Chong or something because I knew Chong was there, obviously, you know. I was like, oh, yeah, I made like 50 of those, and I got like six left. He's like, all right. Well, he's like, can you give him one at least? And I'm like, who, Chong? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, I can. What size is he? And he told me his size, and I fucking, like, gathered, like, eight too many blunt shirts and went with him over to meet Chong. It turned out to be Tommy Chong's son, the guy that was complaining. Huh. All right. And then, uh, and then what do you call it? Uh, I got to hang out with Chong for, like, fucking 20 minutes and show him all the shirts. I was just trying to show him real quick, but he was, like, examining each one very slowly. And he's t- he was having a conversation with me the whole time. It's cool as fuck. Uh, he, what do you call? He's he's like, do you have a? He's like, he told me he's like, I'm gonna wear these on my TikTok. And I was like, dude, I really hope you do. And then he, uh, he's like, do you have a contact or something? I was like, yeah, I gave him a sticker with the you know website on it. I don't know. He was never gonna contact me. But then he like pulled out his wallet. He's like, oh, she's gonna give me like a personal phone number, business card, or some shit. He's like, here you go. And he hands me uh, it was I have it right here in front of my desk. I want to get it put in a frame with the picture. I mean, him. it's a Tommy Chong infused uh, 
cannabis THC strip. <laughs> he had it in his wallet. It was just like a flat, you know, infused strip. <laughs> well, like you put I never like, ate like, it. I had like, it in the packet. Like an edible thing? Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's like that, yeah, like those Listerine strips, but it's a THC strip like that. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's, it's his brand. It's in a package. It's yeah, Tommy yeah. Chunks. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, he's going to give me like his fucking personal business card. <laughs> Have you have you ever looked into getting into the weed game and like getting your own strain somehow or your own pre rolls or something like yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, if somebody can't, I, mean, I don't know how to fucking go. I'm not growing none of that anything, but yeah, I mean, yeah. if somebody was down, but I got homies out in Cali, maybe we can do that. I wanted to do that with a beer too. I made yeah. a label, but I never got a, I never got anybody to fucking uh, do it yet. I have an awesome label though with like Jesus Christ sitting in the gutter drinking a beer. <laughs> That's awesome. I would have put that on a shirt, I guess. <laughs> I have yeah, it on. I yeah, made like. Well. I took like a few six packs of uh, some, I forgot what beer it was, and I sanded the caps uh, plain because that was the only thing. Took the labels off and put my labels on them. <laughs> like I'm a beer, I'm now I'm like an Al Capone beer baron. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know, do everything else DIY, right? Do it underground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm selling my own beers now. They used to be Heineken's. So, uh, they, uh, they, they used to call Ballantine poor man's Heineken. I remember that. I used to drink oh, yeah, Ballantine. I used to love that, Triple X. Yeah, I used to drink Ballantine all the time. I used to man. drink the 40s, you know? Yeah, exactly. We were all about the 40s, you know? So we were always, like, that's what was, uh, the shows were, like, malt liquor-infused fucking violence and fucking, you know, like, I don't know. It was a good time, always, though. <laughs> like, drink three 40s and go on a show and fucking jump all over the place for fucking two hours. It was yeah. that or it'd be out in the streets, like, breaking and robbing shit and fighting people and maybe going to jail, you know? Yeah, I feel like I should yeah. save my life finding that shit. I hear you, man, and um, and I mean, obviously, you know, you're still doing it, uh, you know, as as a lifer, like you said, you're, you know, you you said what you say, been sneaking people into shows for like yeah. since the nineties. What? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. While while we're at this point, what are some other shows you got coming up? We talked about March fifteenth and sixteenth, the New Jersey Death Fest. People could look out for got, uh, yeah. Look, look out for these other shows. Tell tell people what else you got coming. This episode, I'm thinking got, we, we should drop this Christmas weekend because it's gutter Christ. So maybe okay. if you got anything in January, you um, want to plug. Yeah, I don't have. Uh, I don't know if I have anything in January. Oh yeah, what's uh? Hold on, let me find that. It's in February. One second. I'm vending and sponsoring this uh, show. with uh Waking the Cadaver and Nine Dead. Uh, here it goes. Uh, Waking the Cadaver, Nine Dead, Dysentery, Pyrexia, Morbid Cross, and Delenda. Damn. is uh, Saturday, February 3rd at uh, Elmer Grange. It's in Elmer, New Jersey. It's a, it's a pretty big spot. It's about the size of Salty's. It's a little bit further down there, though, on the bottom of Jersey, though. Okay, man. But so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there with my whole too many blunt shit, and I'm gonna bring a bunch of metal shit to sell. Yeah, that's a crazy lineup. And I also have uh, it's not I only have announced so far for March second at Salty's uh, Mortician. Again, I don't know. Mortician. Yeah, yeah. Back at Mortician it again. Mortician again. That's yeah, this sick. one uh, I'm trying to do. Uh, it's supposed to be like a basket case thing, and uh, we might be having a uh, uh, dude, uh, Dwayne. Bradley from Basket Case, the fucking, you know, uh, Kevin Van Heretic. Yeah. I'm trying to work out the the, the, the thing with him right now. Uh, he's, he's down for it, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, uh, if I'm paying him and then he's just going to come and, like, you know, sign and take pictures or 
am I paying him and he's going to sign and take pictures and keep that money too? Cause if that's the case, I don't know if we can do it. Cause, uh, I don't know, uh, what the point is of, uh, you know, doing it. If you're not going to be able to recoup the money, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you know, Frank Henenlotter, you're obviously familiar with. Yeah. The director, right? He's um he I call him Uncle Frank actually he's he's a very close f- uh, family friend uh, of of my family for many generations him and his brothers and and all his family man yeah I I grew up um he kind of introduced me to horror movies and all that sort of thing I credit him with a lot of this subculture stuff I'm into man yeah that's that's oh, yeah. yeah just funny funny coincidence man I mean I don't I haven't spoken to him in a while he lives in New York City but um it's just funny you bring that up man basket case is a huge part right. of my life yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually went up to that dude's. Uh, uh, he's a stone carver. I went up to his studio and hung out with him and brought him some edibles and shit. After I met him at a uh, uh, horror sideshow, I'm the, actually doing one of those on Saturday too in uh, Edison this time. The but guy, I met that dude there, uh, the dude that plays Dwayne Bradley. Yeah, you know, Kevin. yeah. And I, he lives up in like the fucking hippie area in New York. And we went up there during Corona and he, we met in his thing and chilled with him for like an hour. That's awesome, man. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's, I was like, you. He's like, I was not really an actor. He's like, to just ask me. He was my friend, and he asked me if I want to be in a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was gorilla he, style. That guy's been like, a, yeah, he's a stone carver forever. He was. He showed me. He did some little girl's grave that passed away, and I, I forgot how many years. I think he put like fucking nineteen or twenty years into carving this thing. Wow. And it was beautiful though too. It was like you know, and then he did this other one that uh, it's at the base of a, of a a ski resort. And I think he spent like twenty something years on that one. Huh. So the dude's pretty sick, you know. And he teaches like uh, he teaches it for free because he gets like grants. So he, sometimes he can go up there and get a free uh, class on uh, stone carving. Yeah, um, we just had Joe D'Angelo, who's in Grey Skies Fallen and Umber Sound on, and he got a New York City Fine Arts grant to record an EP with his project. Man, I was I was saying to the to the listeners that's something people should look into. Just go for it. Yeah, I would like to do it. I wish uh, I my uh, my boy that passed away, Pumpa, he was from uh, Stillbirth, the band in uh, Germany. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they were he was just telling me about like all the shit that they get over there. Like the fucking town was paying for the club's rent and everything. Like they had this cl- club over there, and it has uh, in the back like a small barracks you can put fucking you know sleep like ten bands back there if they had to. You know, just a bunch of bunk beds, all nice, and a bunch of chicks there cooking food and everything was paid for that. So when a band rolls through there, uh, and then another thing is like on a local show, there's still like two, three, four hundred kids comes out. So they're like, yeah, you know, we get treated a lot better in Europe. I'm like, yeah, well, I can put a fucking birthday cake and put a sticker with your logo on the, all the alcohol bottles too. If fucking 400 people come out in the country, paid the rent, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's I've always but, you know, heard about. Cool Europe, it's like yeah. their own little clubhouses and shit. Yeah. Even dude, even away from here, like going down, like I went to a place in Georgia. It was like a a giant warehouse with just like a skate park in it. Waking a cadaver played there, and then like there was a room with all kids just playing computer games. They had all hooked up to online, and then uh, a spot for the show. And then outside there were barbecue, and the older kids were blazing and drinking. <laughs> and there was no cops. It was like, yo, this is like fucking the Teenage Ninja Turtle hideout, you know? Right, dude. Da- <laughs> down south, there's some places that just do it different, man. There's definitely some really yeah. sick spots down south. 
Uh, you got a little yeah. bit more land. Things are a little bit more cheap. You know, there's some people who really do things. There's a, there's a sick place. I love uh, Ground Zero in South Carolina. There's there's a lot of really great places down there, man. Um, yeah, I want to go. That's why I do kind of want to go out again with a band for maybe like a week or something. I don't want to go too long, but yeah. Have you ever had Just the? the I'm, I'm sorry. Have you ever had the creative impulse to do your own music of any kind? Uh, yeah. I mean, I did Vigilante. Was the hardcore band we did a little bit. I want to. I might try to do some shit with Wes, like just jump on a song or two of his new thing that he's doing with. Uh, he does this shit called Gang Time now with the guitar player from uh, Razorblade Hand Grenade, which is his real band. But uh, you know he he raps too. But now they're doing this. It's like a like a drum beat, and then just a guitar player and Wes singing. All right. And it's awesome. And every song is really cool. Actually, it's called Gang Time. Sounds sounds easy to tour with. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, man. Be really cool, yeah. Hop, just hop in the whip, man. Well, yeah, I kind of, I, I actually been toying with the idea right now. I just want to make some music again. I'm around so many musicians, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like you're also pretty busy, you know, with everything else going. Yeah, on. that's the problem too. I'm trying to slow down being so busy though. I'm getting older. I want to have time to to have fun more. You know, what I'm is- fine tuning everything right now to the point where I, I don't need to go fucking. Uh, than the show where I know it's not going to, you know, I like to be in presence all the time, but sometimes I just go chill instead of carrying all my fucking flea market with me, you know? Yeah, it gets tedious, but man. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes people think that they're doing me a favor by inviting me uh, <laughs> there with all my stuff for free, and I'm like, eh, it, you know, it takes a lot more. I can, at this point, i got to, like, pay somebody and fucking, you know, it's a, I mean, I'll do it when it's worth it, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, Monster Manias and shit, I fucking... We re- replenish the credit cards when we hit those places, you know. That's why I just keep using the credit card to fucking, you know, buy more merchandise, sell it again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you, it's do you, ongoing, you know. I'm, I can't say, you know, uh, to, this year's been really good, you know, between everything. I got the, I, uh, these guys let me make an irate deck. That is fucking uh, a huge honor to me. I saw that. I love Phil yeah. and that band irate, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was like at their last shows and shit. I know Phil forever. I uh, those will be coming soon. I should get them soon. And future Pilescape decks too. I got on the way. I remember. I don't want to say the band or or you know shout anyone specific, but I did see something on 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 one of your sites. Do you ever get any like static? Like you make something for a band, and the artist wants some a cut, or the label is like somebody else, like a third party gets in there, like. Like they don't realize you made like twenty or thirty or something, and the artist got you know however many. Like, like you ever get that? Uh, I mean, usually the artist, uh, I make the deal with for the art ahead of time. So I mean, if they, I give them one copy if they want. Usually, yeah. but I don't know. Skate Tech's a different story. Expensive, but uh, usually it's not a problem. I just that's usually talked about beforehand, though. Fair enough, man. And you talked for, about for, like for the artist, yeah. Like, but, I mean, I had a time where fucking. Uh, uh, with some faces, uh, they printed a fucking shirt, a devourment design that I paid for, and I, they only had it because I printed it through their sister company, and they were trying to tell me that devourment sent them that art. And I was like, it did not, bro. I was like, well, just take it down. And then I was like, give me some shirts. And then like they were like, oh, we ain't giving no shirts. And the guy just like cold blocked me. I was like, all right, well, I'll talk to them at Maryland Death Fest. When I wrote that comment, the guy that vends it, he was like, yo, what's the problem? <laughs> So I was like, yo, you guys fucking bootlegging my shit. Can you hook me up? Yeah, they sent me four development shirts. 
Damn, I was like, man. thanks a lot. Put them right on eBay for 20 bucks each. Thanks for the 80 bucks, Jerkoff, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. They took my shit down, at least, the artwork, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't development did not send it to them. Those are my friends, you know? Why would the fuck would they do that? Have you ever had anything else that of yours, like, That was like when the whole craze was, like, really for, like, everyone was like, make a development shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I had art stolen all the time. Like Indonesians like taking like Putrid Pile artwork and putting it on a devourment logo. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, it's just rampant out there. So, you know, yeah. there's nothing you can do about that shit. And yeah, you gotta remember these guys aren't. How many of these guys are fucking really gonna mail shit out and shit? And now, uh, homeboy out there, I've been dealing with for fucking years. I used to mail this dude shirts in the fucking uh cardboard mailers that you could, you're supposed to put paperwork in. I used to put four shirts in them and tape them closed and mail it to Indonesia for fucking eight bucks. And uh, now this dude's fucking company is like a fucking powerhouse, bro. He's huge. Uh, Denny Lusain, Brutal Mind. Oh, yeah. Brutal Mind is a big one, yeah. they're doing That's that my homie since he's like 14 years old. Like when he was, he would owe me money for shirts. I would like, like send him like twenty shirts at a time, like eight pack, you know, five packages of four, you know? yeah. Yeah. Like, boss, I'm doing my best. I'll sell them soon. <laughs> and now this dude like makes me merch, you know, like he makes he's making some those dope ass uh, purple uh, too many blunt shorts I put up on the too many blunts IG. Sweet, sweet man. Yeah, merch has yeah, gotten so crazy like lately. Yeah, man, it's fun. Yeah, that's my that's my most love. I think I can just sit in the house and make merch all the time, you know. Yeah, nowadays because I want to do that this winter. I mean, I don't even see that much time because I got to go right back to uh, events in March. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the colors are fucking crazy on merch nowadays, man. It's like people people really opened up, man. It's a whole new uh, new lane. Oh yeah, these hoodies that Drew just gave me are fucking the the backs came out beautiful. Sometimes it's a little dull looking, but these ones are bright as fuck. Is it the, like more the picture I took of the front? looks weird and then like you take the yeah the mortician and the too many blunts you you see the front of it and i guess because there's just so much fabric it almost turns gray from the flash or something but on the other side the flash hits the fucking full color you know back art like holy shit it looks beautiful yeah you're talking about drew from uh drew from uh tombs and hammer fight yes sir yeah he does uh i'd say fucking 95 percent of all the printing for me you know yeah, yeah, good guy, good guy. I know Drew going back yeah, a while, yeah. man. Um, him and yeah, I, yeah. him and I were filling guys for Pyrexia at the same. We were both in Pyrexia at the same oh. time, even though we okay, weren't in Pyrexia. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so Gutter, man, you've been generous with your time. I appreciate it, man. I'm sure the listeners do too. Um, I, I want to give you the opportunity to plug and promote anything else you got going on. Obviously, before we wrap up, but I, I always get to this point in the interview where I ask the guests to recommend one older and one newer piece of music, whether it's a demo, an album, an EP or whatever, metal or anything else, uh, no strict rules. I just want you to recommend something that you jam on from back in the day and something a little bit more recent for me and the listeners. Okay. Uh, shit, on the older shit, I really love uh, the band Baphomet. Yeah, yeah, Baphomet, yeah, yeah, old school band. I like the, I can, the, their album, the Dead Shall and Hurt. I can listen to that shit front to back. It's so fucking. I don't. I want to say they're like, they're not the originators of Slam, but they're they were back started back then, and their shit was heavy as internal bleedings. Yeah. People sleep on those upstate bands sometimes. 
Yeah, man. I love that, man. I used to harass them every year to get them for New York Death Fest, and they were trying to send me this other band. I was like, yo, I'll book them too, but please, pass for me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that sucks, you know? Like, but what are you going to do, you yeah? know? I've I've been that guy trying to get the smaller band on a bill because someone wanted one of my other bands on, man. And there's no shame in the game. It's part of it, man. All right. Yeah. Well, you you've booked Buckshot Faceoff, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's usually that's usually what it is. It's usually like, well, uh, we I don't know if this band can, but maybe Buckshot can do it. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, Baphomet, man, great great band. And yeah, like I I you know we've talked about this before how like a lot of those like. I mean, obviously, look, I'm never going to take it away for internal bleeding and pyrexia and suffocation and the Long Island style. I'm from Long Island, but there's bands like Disgorged. Um, there's a lot of upstate yeah. bands that kind of had that groove on lock themselves. Morpheus Descends, obviously, man. Yeah, Baphomet is yeah, one yeah. that people sleep on a little bit, man. What What about something uh, a little bit that. more, a uh, little bit more modern? You, uh, what like death metal thing? Anything, man. Uh, yeah, recommend anything. Any, anything you, you oh, listen I like to? I like it man. all, man. Yeah. I listen to everything, yeah. So, uh, shit, lately I've been listening to fucking uh, Nate No Face a lot. He's like fucking all over the place, like punk rock, fucking, uh, what's it called? Uh, gothic sounding, you know, like old school 80s sounding, all the shit varies. I'm, like all the new death metal band right now in Jersey that I really like, I don't know if to say they're new. They're, I guess they're not even new to me. I had them on a few shows already, uh, Weeping from jersey i like those guys a lot brutal band yeah they're, they're also on the death they're also playing nj death fest also with your band playing yeah. reeking horror you know brutal band you know the, the tickets been moving um i mean we got plenty but we sold uh a nice chunk already of the two-day passes people want to see those bands there's some great headliners yeah man yeah, yeah, I think we'll have a good uh, sold-out crowd, I'm pretty sure. You know, the dingbats ain't that huge, you know. It's like a <laughs> 200, you know, 300 person, you know. It's a nice nice little cozy environment for an underground metal show, man. It's a good place. Yeah, man. Hey, we're going to pack it out for sure. You you said Nate No-Face was the other artist you were talking about? Yeah, Nate No-Face. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, it's like N8, the letter, yeah, okay. the, letter the number 8, <laughs> and then No-Face. It's all one word, though. Okay, man. Uh, fair enough, man. And I, I got you. You talked about booking hip hop artists before. Um, real before we wrap up, man. I did want to ask your opinion on uh, maybe some up and coming hip hop artists or New Jersey hip hop artists. Just, I just wanted to pick your brain about like like what you might recommend for um, for hip hop at the moment. Oh, well, of course, I'm going to shout out West Niles, my book, my brother and shit. You know, he's he's nonstop machine, man. He just keeps making uh, you know song after song. And then we got my boy Shrine in Vegas, Shrine Bludgeon. He's also uh, uh, fucking around with uh, Fury of Five right now. Mm. And uh, another up-and-coming homie, from he's out in Cali right now, uh, Jason the Sin God. That dude rules. He's fucking killing it. And I, I, I just got, met him for the first time, you know. I've, I've been in correspondence with him for a long time, but I just met him in person uh, first time, like last week, two weeks ago. Yeah, you were out in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. Was there a show out there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scarhead and Madball. Oh, And a okay. bunch of rappers. And it was cool. And there was some other, a couple other hardcore bands, too. Count Time. All right, yeah, I knew it wasn't the right time of year for New Jersey, for, New, for Vegas Death Fest. And I'm not sure they're doing that anymore. 
no, the, uh, Vegas Death Fest is done, but Rod from Mortician lives out there, and he took something over and started doing it. But he did it one year, but he took a break right now. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be doing something next year. Yeah, shout out to Raj, man. I got. I'm working on trying to get him in here on the podcast eventually, man. Good guy. Yeah, definitely, bro. Let me good. know. I'll get. I'll get you. Good He's people. a great guy. Yeah, I. I was. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've. I've spoken to him before, but I was able to to, uh, to get some hang time and talk to him for a few minutes. Um, last I was last Thursday. With him. When I went to Vegas, I was sitting in a store with him, and he was making sticker packs for the Sangospag uh, tour. <laughs> it was getting mailed to the like middle of the tour. I was like helping make the packs and shit. That's what's Smoking up. Smoking a thousand joints and shit. Always, you know? always behind the scene, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those guys. Those guys didn't even know. I was like, probably like, yo, I made some of your sticker packs. I counted. I counted them. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere, man. Got your hands behind the scenes. Um, uh, yeah. Any anything else that I might have failed to bring up that you want to plug or promote, man? Oh uh, shit, man. Uh, I'm just really pumping fucking too many blunts really hard right now. I gotta. I gotta set up a. Uh, I got a new website. It's just not. Uh, live or anything yet it's gonna be like too many com or i don't know what it is yet <laughs> and we bought something too many blunts or too many blunts clothing don from waken uh is doing all that shit for me the the website and he's awesome with all that kind of shit builds websites and graphic design all that shit yeah don also has uh he's developing a cartoon about me and uh the devil dude from uh too many blunts Beasel bush i love it so it has like a crazy ass ai thing where like he made this cartoon looking of my, I made like a little promotion of it like a year or two ago, but he, it's a slow process. He's learning a lot with it. Uh, but it like, I can like talk on the camera and then the, the, the cartoon of me will do exactly what I say. And you know, <laughs> got it bugged out and funny. Damn. AI is crazy nowadays, man. It's nuts now. Yeah. This was like two years ago that we did that. He had that already, but now this is just making it way easier. He said, yeah. So yeah. he de- like, it's helping us develop the story and everything. It's pretty nuts, man. Yeah. Well, um, gotta look, like I said, you've been generous with your time and I appreciate it, man. Um, I want to encourage everybody one more time to check out, um, gutter Christ productions. If you're in the tri-state area, look out for the shows. Um, if you're anywhere in the world, look out for the clothing line and any of the other merch that's available for the bands you work with. Um, and I'm just going to ask you, man, any, any parting words now for, um, your supporters, uh, and, uh, the other people you deal with throughout the scene who might be listening to this and for like listeners of the podcast. Uh, fucking thank you for having me. And, you know, thanks to everybody for always fucking support and anything I do, whether it be, you know, copy merch from the website or coming out and supporting the shows or the, the many benefits or whatever else that we're trying to do to help people and stuff. Uh, we couldn't do it without everybody else, you know? This is a a whole community here. It's not about any one person, you know? And uh, I support everybody, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's... that's... But, yeah, check out my shit, you know? Go to ChristProductions.com. I couldn't you can check me out on Instagram. I got most of my info on there, Facebook, you know? Yeah, we encourage everyone to follow you on social media and check all that stuff out, man. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's the whole spirit of this podcast. Um, Gutter, we're going to cut it here, man. Thank you so much, brother. Definitely, man. I appreciate it, bro.
All right, man. Thank you to Gutter Christ. We appreciate him, man. And um, that that interview went for a while. We got we got a, a, a few few little clips on the Patreon for everybody out there for um for the old holidays, man. Rick, you still with me on this festival? You didn't drink too much eggnog. No, I did not. I'm not a big eggnog guy. You know, I don't like I don't like egg in my nog. Whoa, <laughs> that's not that's not what I heard, buddy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The gutter Christ, the legend. That was that was incredible. Yeah, gutter Christ put mushrooms in the eggnog. It was a little nuts, <laughs> uh, allegedly, I should say, man. No, it was allegedly. shout to gutter Christ. Great to have him on here, man. Please uh, support. Um, the shows he's booking, the merch he's making, uh, the bands that he uh, is supporting. Um, go check out all that stuff we just talked about and all the music we talked about and everything else, man. This is our Heavy Hole podcast, uh, Christmas, holiday, winter spectacular, whatever you're doing out there, man. Um, and we, now we brought you, uh, we didn't bring you Santa Claus, we brought you Gutter Christ for Christmas. But Rick, the people know we always like to toast the evening off on the holidays with a nice recommendation and I procured something tonight. I don't believe we've ever covered this on the podcast. Mm. I, I, I could be wrong. We've been doing this for a few years now, and I only have a few brains. We've been doing this for more years than I have brain cells left. So I may have recommended this several years ago. But I wanted to get your take on it, uh, Rick. This is I'm going off of Bandcamp now. Um, J.J. Rubovkak. Um, I really hope I got that man's name right. I would love to interview him. But um, the... Yeah, the the Rube of Cack brothers, um, uh, JJ. Um, let's, I'm trying. I'm, they have a very informative band camp here for this project, the Death Metal Christmas Project, which is a few years old now. JJ um, was the bass player for Hate Eternal. That's right. He was also in a band in the the '90s, the late '90s, uh, Divine rapture okay that's i could be if i could be correct it's either it's not divine empire i believe it's divine rapture and uh this band was around the time um yes divine rapture and they put out a record around 99 i remember and it was in the it was making this he's a local guy i think he's from from new york or jersey or something jersey i think yeah. yeah And that band was around around the time Grace Guy's first album uh, was was out. So around that time, I remember maybe they played the same metal fest we played. Uh, so that's that guy, and he was the main dude of Divine Rapture. And uh, I, I had that CD, and and I remember the CD was like uh, like an EP with demos of the songs on there. So it, it was it was good. So yeah, this dude this dude is, is sick, bro. Yeah, this isn't just like some sort of jokey, hokey kind of porno grind Christmas album. This is like uh, kind of death metal royalty really putting their all into some sort of holiday-themed recording, winter-themed re- recording. So, yeah, J.J. was um, in Hate Eternal. Uh, vocalist Mike uh, um was the longtime vocalist of Monstrosity. Uh, and this whole project was uh, engineered by Hate Eternal Mastermind er- Eric Rutan. So this, I mean, there's a lot going on with this, and they have a very informative um, band camp, which 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 goes into like the 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 lyrics uh, being based on a, a lot of like ancient mythology, and I mean, there's a lot going on with this whole thing. They took some of these holiday classics and really spun them in a different direction and tried to make them um, death metal. They did they did make them death metal. 
Um, and I'm, I'm I'm just going through some of the other credits here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubicac played lead and rhythm guitars in Divine Rapture and Vile. Uh, drums in Morning wrote the Metal Rules radio theme song played in black metal band Ice, Imperial Crystalline Entombment, who are now having a resurgence, I see, uh, and has performed with a host of other notable bands um, over the years. And then his brother Mike has performed vocals and written lyrics in Abraxas and Divine Rapture and other acts over the years. So I guess they were both in Divine Rapture together many years. Gotcha. Um, and Mike's also a visual artist, having worked with Pathology, Rumpelstiltskin Grinder, and Grave. So these guys are like, and then you know you got Eric Rutan in there. This is like death metal royalty all on there. But 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 what does it all come down to, Rick? Did you listen to it? I did. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a big Christmas. Uh... <laughs> Christmas guy or Christmas music guy, uh, but uh, I did I did enjoy this a lot, man. I mean, the, you know the uh, the melodies are instantaneously recognizable, um, but you know they do it in a really cool way. Yeah, it's uh, they curated songs that I think worked well for this project. They kind of t- took them and made them their own. They added death metal elements. It's 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 definitely plausible, man. This you know, like I said, there's probably some other Christmas theme projects out there that are kind of like hokey, just kind of death metal covers, uh, you know, of of, de- of Christmas songs, which is you know, which is fun sometimes. But this is a very interesting, yeah, yeah, serious shit, man. Yeah, this is more like the uh, what's what's that? What do they got? Like the Trans Siberian Orchestra or something like yeah. that? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like something very, like yeah. that? You know, where it's it's it kind is. of it's kind of metal in a way, even though it's the holidays. You know, this is I'm gonna put this on for my nephew on Christmas Eve. That's yeah, what, I was gonna. I was thinking about doing this when I go to the when I go to the parents' house. You know, throwing some uh, "Oh Come, Oh Come, Azriel." Yeah, and which is the fifth song in the record. Uh, the last song it is my favorite because it's very doomy, and uh, it's really sick. These are all sick, man. Yeah, def- definitely worth a lesson. Uh, definitely worth a listen, I should say. Um, but it is a lesson in how to do some sort of. Um, uh, well-treaded territory of like holiday-themed music, or you know, there's other things you can do out there that are kind of like you know have, have been done to death. But these guys took it and really made it their own. I, I enjoy this. Even the the cover art is, you know, it has that kind of like old-school Catholic like Christmas card vibe, but made death metal. Um, mm-hmm, it's yeah. the, it, the the whole it reminds th- me of a bloodbath album cover or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, man. It, it, the the whole thing is really cool, and I think deserves. Um, I don't know that it's ever been released in a in a physical format, but I would love to maybe have this on vinyl or something and spin it while everyone's gathered around the fire on Christmas Eve. So yeah, it looks like it was. Uh, it's ten years old. I, I didn't, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, there is a compact disc. There's a CD version of it, uh, sold out. So mm. it is out there. But uh, stuffed a lot of stockings. Bank, it was sold out. Yep. Stuffed a lot of stockings that year, man. Maybe it'll get reissued, man. We're, we're, um, I would love to talk to these guys. Talk to the brothers. I, I looked up to. Um, I always thought of Mike as um kind of like a quintessential death metal vocalist because I had seen him live with Monstrosity a few times over the years, uh, and he just um a professional and and also somebody who does justice to the older material that he wasn't necessarily on the recordings, um, but but he when right. he when he performs it live, so um, which is good to see, yeah. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, it, yeah. We'll leave it there. We're not going to name names. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that's hey, that's that's why I kind of have a rule. I don't really fill in for other bands um, nowadays. I used to do that. Shout to them, but I felt 
uh, I felt like it wasn't my strong point. Nothing about those bands. It just wasn't. There's certain vocalists that it's a it's a it's a strong point to to learn lyrics and learn material that you didn't necessarily have a hand in writing. That that's a that's a whole skill set in itself, really. Um, is the, the yeah. I I also think a person that does that has to show the the respect to the to the material that it deserves right if if you if you're bringing in a guy to to do vocals that didn't sing on on your records or whatever you, hopefully that guy knows what he's doing and and you know cuz like like you said we'll, we're not mentioning names or nothing but you know you see it over the years of uh maybe a fill in vocalist or or such uh not really uh not really hitting all the marks but um you know you just want to give the proper respect. That's how I. That's how I look at it. Yeah, you know, I hear you, man. Not everybody can be that kid from Journey. You know what I'm saying? The, <laughs> the, remember that they got the yeah. Um, what was the kid from the? Philippines. He was from the yeah, Philippines, yeah, I think. Philip, Philip, Philip. They, they, yeah, they, they recruited him, and he Ariel, Ariel, something. Yeah, he, he, I remember. He sang just like Steve Perry. It was ridiculous. He's still in the band, I think. I think they're still still playing with him. He. Very well, maybe. I don't know about that. But he also, like, he tours on his own playing Journey songs. <laughs> he's he's getting money both ways, dude. It's crazy, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Talented guy. Yeah. <clears throat> Regardless, hey, man, uh, you hear me coughing, man. You know what time it is, man. Thank you to Gutter Christ. Uh, we appreciate you, man, uh, telling your story and going in-depth with us tonight. That's an interview I've been wanting to get uh, uh, logged in for a long time. There's a lot of... You know, just because I, I take a long time to interview someone doesn't necessarily mean I haven't wanted to interview a few of them for the long, for like a, a long time, because I have a lot of people on a list. And sometimes it just has to do with who's pushing the album, who reaches out to me, how much time I got, things like that, man. So shout out to Gutter. We appreciate him. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. If you don't celebrate the holidays, bundle up. Happy winter. If it's not cold where you are, thanks for listening. Uh, support death metal and underground music. Rick, thank you for joining me uh, by the fire with this um, uh, allegedly psilocybin-tainted eggnog tonight. Well, thank you for having me. As usual, it's a pleasure, it's an honor, and it's a privilege. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you to you, to, to, to Gutter Christ and to you, sir. Heavy Hole Podcast. This is our bonus episode. I'm not even going to give you the spiel about the Patreon and the phone number and all that stuff. Listen to the regular episode, and um, you, you, you can get down with all that stuff, man. All right? And... Uh, Let's see how do we end, how, how do we end this man um to 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 all what was that thing to to all a good night and to everyone a, a good christmas and to all a good night every last one exactly Thank exactly you. every last child yeah and woman and man yeah Thank you. and dog thank you oh, yes, boy.